Well, hello, and welcome to the Fisher Poetry Podcast, a showcase of prose, poetry, and song written and performed by those in the commercial fishing community, mostly. I'm your host, Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Today's episode is from the 2023 Fisher Poetry Gathering in Astoria, Oregon. You'll be hearing from Fisher poet Will Horniak of Milwaukee, Oregon, with introduction by MC Elma Burnham. Will's performance was recorded at the Liberty Theater on Friday, February 24th, 2023. So, without further ado, here's Will. For the last one for this hour is Will Horniak. I'm welcoming another Bristol Bay, another Nushagak set netter, actually, to the stage. Um, he hails from... Milwaukee, Oregon, <laughs> thank you, where Johnson and Kellogg Creeks meet the mighty Willamette River. Thanks for joining us, Will. Come on up. How you doing? Good. Is this good to be live again or what? Yeah. You know, I, I don't miss Zoom at all, really. The hardest thing with Zoom was when it was over having to hit the, the end meeting button and then everybody would disappear and I'd be all alone in my basement. It was like, did that, that really happen, you know? Well, I'm the uh, mud brother that Max was talking about earlier. I crawled out of my waders and I found mud in places. I didn't know I had places for about a week after that. And Max, I'm also a steelheader and a friend of mine is a fish biologist said, well, a steelhead is not a fish. It's the name of the people that fish for them. Because who else would sit in a drift boat in the Clackamas River in January all day long in the rain and not even get a bite and come home and say, that was a lot of fun. Steelhead, right? And thank you, Wilfred. Beautiful. Really nice. Uh, I fished uh, in Bristol Bay on a set net camp and my first job was uh, jumping into the holds of a bow picker after herring season and cleaning the maggots out of the hold. That was my welcome to Alaska time. And then we shoved off for a 10-hour boat ride in 20-knot winds to the Ugashik River. I was a carpenter, and I was on a crew to build a, a cabin for a set net camp there. And then I got flown back by our bush pilot to the Nushigak, where I finished out the rest of the season. And this is a little poem I wrote about that experience called The Bristol Bay Deranged. Alaska. Alaska is the song sung by the most enchanting siren. It is the land that beckons like the mist enshrouded island. It is America's last great place and world's largest open-aired insane asylum. And from its many wards of lunatic and nut, bush pilot, homesteader, trapper, driver of ice trucks, it's not easily predicted I'd wager that the fisher folk of Bristol Bay are among the most sore afflicted. Now you might be thinking, Will, crazy folks abound in every port in town from Minsk to Mandalay, and I'd agree. And none could hold a candle to the fisher folks of Bristol Bay. I met those gentle folk one summer and spoke my vision bold. I'm here to fish for salmon, the king, the red, the silver, the chum, work like hell and earn my share of gold. Well said, the captain to me roared. Now get down there and scrape those maggots from these holds. And I jumped in and labored three days time in the company of maggots wriggling in pools of herring slime. 
until the captain said, boys, we're shoving off, it's time. And we shoved off in a 32-foot boat in 20-knot winds with 10-foot swells and seas. Little of that I saw, my head parked in a five-gallon bucket held tight between my knees. As I lay in my bunk half dead, the kindly captain descended and said, there's many a tide on Bristol Bay I've plied and many a mate I've seen in your condition. And there's only one cure, fresh air, I'm sure. So he helped me up the steps, out the cabin door to the windswept deck. So concerned was he for my disposition. But then he pointed to a 16-foot skiff that we were towing, loaded with lumber and gear and tools, and nearly swamped now in all the rough going. And he pulled the boat to port side in that heaving tide, and he pointed and said, that's where you're going. And as I slithered over the rail into the boat, I handed up plywood and tools, and I bailed and bailed. And though I protested loudly, the captain appeared greatly unmoved. And in that pitching skiff, in that pitching brine without a life jacket or line, I cried, Captain, is our job site here fully OSHA approved? <laughs> Not long after that, we were on the Ugashic River Flats, building a set net cabin in the tundra, wind, rain, and hail, cutting lumber, mixing concrete, and pounding nails. But it was there I was living high on the hog, eating and resting my head in a snug eight by 12 foot shed, just me, four other guys, and a dog. Every day I take the five gallon bucket to the lake about a half mile out back for the drinking water, five gallon bucket for the drinking water and 12 gauge pump for the bear attack. The food fell just short of sublime, peanut butter on pilot bread and oatmeal gruel with notes of wet dog, old sock, and diesel fuel. You've probably heard the old saw. There's bush pilots old and bush pilots bold, but none that are old and bold. But our pilot, Dan, he was the man trying hardest to break that mold. His life, like his plane, showed many a scrape. Monuments both to bailing wire and duct tape. And the gleam in his eye gave me a fright when he landed one day and said, they want you at the Nushigak site. And just like that, we lifted off into the air in wild flight. Now your life's in the hands of many a man, beach boss, bush pilot, boat captain, when the fates blow you to Bristol Bay, which still lay beneath us when we ran out of fuel and by the skin of our teeth cleared the levee beneath and slammed hard into the gravel runway. Dan just laughed and looked through me with his thousand yard stare, but I made a mental note to me, watch out for the guys that don't care. <laughs> it was at a place called Flounder Flat on the muddy shores of the Nushigak that I fell into the long season and the rhythm of the tides, eat, rest, mend on the lows and work like a devil on the highs. The fish hit the nets on the flood. So just after tide slacked, we'd winch the nets back and pick fish and wash off the mud. With mosquito clouds buzzing around our heads, chucking fish into pickup truck beds, we'd clear our three sites at dawn or noon or midnight and then push pedal to the pickup truck floor. Because the fish had to be fresh at the cannery scale or it was no sail a 13-mile ride down the shore. And then back we'd fly 
to winch the nets back out while we still had water to make the corks ride because the greatest fear was to miss that one big tide and it was a fear well justified. An entire season, a year's livelihood could be lost or made good on one tide. 30,000 pounds of fish could come in on one set and at well over two bucks a pound, it was always boys, get out the nets, get out the nets. By late July, with the red season through and the big money too, the crew mostly went on their way. But the beach boss said, the silvers are coming, why don't you stay? But I was weary, tired, weary to the bone, weary of smelling like bug dope and fish and ready for home. So when I said, what the hell, count me in for the silvers, I'll go one more spell. I knew something in me had changed. And the beach boss said, well, look who's got a pinch of Bristol Bay salt in his veins. And I said, boss, that I can't say. Just wheel me away with the rest of the Bristol deranged. For in the end, who thought that I would join them willingly? And a part of me bides with them to this day. The good, the tough, the skilled, the crazy fisher folk of Bristol Bay. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, last time we were live at Fisher Poets, um, I did a, uh, a long uh, love poem, uh, an Oregon love poem. I love where I live in Oregon. And after I was finished out in the lobby, someone found me and said, uh, I'm from the uh, Oregon Coastal Visitors Association. And they said, um, we'd like you to write, if you're interested, a poem uh, about the Oregon coast, extolling the, the virtues of the coast. And I said, sure. I said, what did you have in mind? And they said, well, you know, something that would talk about the beautiful beaches we have and, you know, the, the headlands and the majestic capes and, you know, the fact that there's whale watching and, you know, sea lions. And also you'd want to mention the Native American tradition on the coast as well. And the fact that we have a lot of great tourist activities, you know, golfing and surfing and crabbing and that kind of stuff. And then the fact that there's culture on the coast too. You know, we have festivals, art, food, and, and wine, and that kind of thing. And also the fact that these are working communities, you know, fishermen, sawmills and stuff. And I said, hey, no problem. I said, do you want me to mention the Tillamook blimp hanger or, you know, the exploding whale, maybe the new Carissa, wreck of the Peter Iredale, you know? <clears throat> anyway. Uh, this is the doggerel that I came up with. It's more of a list than a poem. And I, I kind of ripped off the style of America, the, uh, the, the, the beautiful, because I needed all the help I could get. <laughs> oh, beautiful, for spacious beaches and the waves' timeless refrain, for summer sun, winter storms, for North Pacific's life-giving rains. Oh, beautiful for spouting whales and barking sea lions, for tide pools and mysteries of the deep, for rivers, Columbia south to Chetco, where eagle and osprey screech, and for the estuaries, Nestucca, Tillamook, Nahalem, the salmon smolts to nurse and keep. Oh, beautiful for earliest of peoples, the land still bears your names, Alsi, Clatsop, Chinook, Kus, Coquille, Sayusla, Solets, Tillamook, Umqua, Yahats, Yaquina. Legends of south wind and coyote still remain, along with tragic history and pain. 
From ashes may new generations rise and a future regain. Oh, beautiful, for generations of labor on restless swells and rugged forest lands, for commerce, for communities forged by toil of head and heart and hand. Oh, beautiful, for riding bikes, flying kites, traipsing dunes, making castles in the sand, for fishing, crabbing, golfing, surfing, digging for the wary razor clam. Oh, beautiful for doing nothing, save to wander sandy shores where the ebb and flood of tides, fair winds over water, soul and spirit restore. Oh, beautiful for majestic capes and quiet bays, proud lighthouses, parks, campgrounds by the score, for Sitka spruce, fir, cedar, herds of elk that graze where meadows meet the shore. And beautiful for celebration, for festival, for art, poetry, dance, food, and wine, from humblest of chowder to crab cake most sublime. Oregon, oh Oregon, we shed our praise on thee and raise a toast to 363 miles of Pacific coast where headlands meet the sea. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Two minutes. I wanted to finish with a, uh, it's an old song, but it's relevant these days. Uh, you know, the older you get, the more graves you walk upon and the more graves you dig and bury and the more people you honor. And uh, we haven't been together in this way for a while. And there's a few people that aren't here that used to be here. Right. And this is a little bit of a, uh, uh, an, an elegy. Uh, it comes from an event that happened on the uh, East Coast in England in the 1880s. It was a very, very powerful storm that destroyed the uh, Herring Fleet. And uh, in honor of all those that we know and those that we don't uh, who have passed. Methinks I see a host of craft spreading their sails a lee as down the Humber they do glide, all bound for the northern sea. Methinks I see them yet again, and all on boards all right, where their sails close reaped and their decks washed up, and their side lights burning bright. And it's three score and ten boys and men were lost from Grimsby town. From Yarmouth down to Scarborough, many hundreds more were drowned. Our herring craft, our trawlers, our fishing smacks as well. Alone to fight that bitter night and battle with the swells. Methinks I see a host of craft spreading their sails a lee. As down the Humber they do glide all bound for the northern sea. Methinks I see them yet again and all on boards all right. Sails close reefed, decks washed up, and side lights burning bright. October's night brought such a sight was never seen before. 
Masts and yards and broken spars come floating to the shore. There was many a heart of sorrow, many a heart so brave. Twas many a hearty fisher lad did find a watery grave, and its three score and ten boys and men were lost from Grimsby town, from Yarmouth down to Scarborough. Many hundreds more were drowned. Our herring craft, our trawlers, our fishing smacks as well. Alone to fight that bitter night and battle with the swells. Thanks for coming out this evening, everybody. Thank you. That was Will Horniak, recorded at the Liberty Theater in Astoria, Oregon, on Friday, February 24th, 2023. Well, that's it. This one's in the tote. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is written and produced by Brad Wartman. The theme music for this episode is courtesy of Mark Allen Lovewell and Molly Canole. If you'd like to appear on or have comments about the show, please send an email to the Fisher Poetry Archive at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to haul the latest episodes into your net. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is available via our podcast host, Spotify, as well as Apple, Google, and Amazon. You can listen to our other podcast episodes, watch our YouTube videos, and join our community by going to thefisherpoetryarchive.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Come all young sailormen, listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish in the sea. Blow ye winds westerly, westerly blow. We're bound to the southern, so steady she goes. 